Welcome into another edition of the Nick Bob Podcast, live from the AOI Studios, aka my basement office. And one of the things I love about this office, not only the the, the table that's fantastic, given by the good folks at AOI, but the chair that I am sitting in that the good folks at AOI hooked me up with. It's the Aeron chair from Herman Miller. Uh, I, I can be down here for hours watching film, doing game prep, different things and feel comfortable the entire time. This chair is mastered with the latest research around the science of sitting, advancements in materials, manufacturing, and technology. If you're looking for a new chair, highly recommend the Aeron from Herman Miller. Check out AOI on the web, AOICorp.com. That's AOICorp.com or give them a ring, 402-896-5520. Reminder, subscribe to the podcast. Just click that subscribe button. That way, anytime you drop a new pod, boom, it is waiting for you right there on your phone. Leave a five-star uh, rating and review while you're at it. Well, it is part two of my podcast conversation with Doug McDermott. Uh, by now, you've listened to part one. Uh, you've gotten tons of unbelievable uh, insight and anecdotes uh, from the mind of Doug McDermott throughout his career. Uh, and and it's uh, it's was was an amazing one. One of the most decorated college basketball careers in the history of the sport. Three-time All-American, uh, National Player of the Year, 3,000-point score, just unbelievable. So you know what? I'm going to stop yapping. Let's get to it. All right, here is part two of my amazing chat with the all-time leading scorer in the history of Creighton basketball, the greatest Blue Jay of all time, Doug McDermott. There is something therapeutic and, like, I always tell people, if I had, like, you know, the whole thing, like, if you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? I just think I'd block out an hour to be alone in a gym with a ball. Like, it's one, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. It's the best feeling, you know, just just having just you in the gym. You yep. know, sometimes guys are like, you sure you're gonna be a rebounder or like that. I'm like, no, <laughs> nope, I want to be, I wanna be out there by myself. And, yep. uh, just envisioning game like situations. Yep. It's just the crowd. And, um, there's nothing like it. You feel you feel amazing leaving there. It just builds up your your confidence too. Uh, junior year, I circled three things. Uh, or really two. I remember hanging 84 points on Wisconsin in Vegas, like. People got to remember that just didn't happen. Like scoring eighty on Wisconsin was like, on Bo Ryan's team. Like that was like unheard of. <laughs> and then yeah. the forty-one points you had against Wichita State on Senior Day when they were really good, and it clinched a share of the Missouri Valley Conference title. The, those two things blew me. Like those were two things that stood out to me about that year. What any, do, you, do you remember those two moments? Yeah, for sure. I uh, I kind of forgot about the Vegas one. That, that was impressive. You know what we did to to Wisconsin, and you know they they usually grind it out, and like they had a change there. They had adjust their style to us, the way we were getting up and down, and you could know, you tell they're just kind of rattled by it. Um, but you know they had such a good team with Bergeron and uh, Decker. Decker was Jordan a freshman. Taylor, yeah. Decker, all those guys. Kaminsky was like yep. a freshman. Yep. Um, they had a lot of talent on that team, and I that was huge for our group because. Um, you know, just beating a Big Ten team like that in Vegas was was huge for our group. And then, like you said, the Wichita game, um, you know, to win the title, to win yeah. the title at home, um, that was that was probably. I mean, people always ask about you know the atmospheres and stuff. And I think that I put that one right up there for our, for us. You know, just playing against a rival like that, um, having those boys come to town. You know. Sometimes they like to talk a little, yeah. and you know, I think that was uh, that was one of my favorites um, that I was ever a part of. 
people were asking me about the one more year and all that stuff. And, right. Yeah, you know, we just went out there and put on a show and, you know, and got to hold that, you know, Missouri Valley Conference title um, and cut down the nets in our own arena. That's something you don't get to be a part of very much. So, okay, so you bring up the one more year. No, let, let's get to now the the big decision. You're going through the pre-draft process, getting, you know, evaluated, all those things. Take everybody behind the scenes of uh, on your decision to stay. What would all went into that? Yeah. Um, you know, you – towards the end of the year, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know, I was a first round pick and, you know, whenever teams are telling you that going through the evaluations, and, you know, they think you're going to be this range. I thought there's, um, no chance I'd, you know, slip to the second. So I, I definitely had to think about it and, uh, it took me a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, you know, just cause it's always a dream to play in the NBA and, you know, we are getting the, the feedback and, you know, everyone's telling me it's, a weak draft this year next year's way better all these kentucky freshmen are coming in um this would be the time to go um you know if you want to be a first rounder and i honestly took that a, a little to heart i'm like well i think i can be a first round pick next year too you know i i, I don't care what the draft looks like and you know i, I almost use that as a chip on my shoulder yeah. i remember it came down to the one of the final days where um, I was going back and forth, back and forth. You know, teams were telling me maybe we'll take you here, this, that, but there's no fully guarantee. Um, and I just, I just remember walking in, you know, to my dad's office and, you know, having Rast right there the next door at the old gym. We were going over just the draft one more time, looking at names, like looking at next year's draft. And I'm like, you know what? Like, screw this. I- I'm coming back. I just, it just finally all hit me. I'm like, you're going into the big East. Yeah. This could be a chance to, you know, take Creighton to a next, the next level. Um, I want to be a part of this. And I was just, my dad was like, are you sure? I'm like, <laughs> yes, hundred percent. He, he got up with his chair. So fast. Like, All right, let's go to Bruce's alley. Bruce's office. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'll never forget that walking in telling Rass and all of us like hugging and celebrating. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm officially coming back now. So, uh, that was, That's that was great. a, a a funny day and um you know just going to class afterwards just kind of solidified i'm like this just feels right i was not ready um you know i was so happy to be coming back so uh, a couple of things with your senior year the marquette game Mm -hmm. new year's eve the first big east game the atmosphere i remember you scored first possession you hit a three and you were because Jamil Wilson was maybe running his mouth to you, and then you were running like yeah. they were. Remember, they were, but it was buzz. They were doing push-ups during the jump ball. Like <laughs> they thought they were yeah. going to come in and punk you guys, and you guys yeah. punched them right in the mouth. That that I, there are a few moments you remember, and like that first Big East game, New Year's Eve. That was pretty special. That was special. The only part I'm mad about was we had like a curfew afterwards. We had to go out <laughs> to the Marriott and by crossroads like we couldn't do anything oh, no. after the game oh no uh, <laughs> it was awful we, we, we were just so excited um beating those guys and just the atmosphere there was insane because it's dull i mean it was whatever it was a late crazy. game on yeah. New Year's. oh man people um, were lit up so yeah so it, it was awesome and you know i still talked to a guy actually from marquette that he was a walk-on on that team, and he said he was me during uh, scout team for okay. that game. Yeah. And he said, we went over that play probably 50 times. <laughs> the first play you guys ran, the stacks play, where yep. you yep. get a three at the top of the key, 
and they still messed it up. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I always got a kick out of that. He tells me that all, all the time. They literally went over it like before the game, like talked about it in the huddle before the tip off. All right, here it's coming. And then boom. And he said from there, you could tell just they were all messed up Uh-oh. and didn't know what to do with me and Ethan. And right. um, I always get a huge kick out of that. I remember the, I think I've told you a story, I don't know if I have, but or, or pretty early in the conference schedule, uh, you guys played at Seton Hall. And mm-hmm. I was doing like the pregame radio and a Seton Hall fan kind of grabbed my, my shoulder and I turned and he's like, hey, hey, which which one's McDermott? Which one's McDermott? I'm like, he, he's <laughs> he's right there. He's got the T-shirt on and he looks at you and he looks at me and he goes, that's it? That's McDermott? You kidding me? He's there. <laughs> and then you you had one of your classic like first five minutes of the game. You had like 11 or 12 like instantly. And he was sitting like two or three rows behind me. And I remember at, like, after seeing Hulk on timeout, I, tur- I took my headset off and I turned and looked at him. I went, he's pretty good, isn't he? And he went, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> I said, yeah. I, just, I, remember, I remember that. That, But that was kind of like, the reason I tell the story is I do feel like there was, that was a microcosm of like, still, the bit, there still was an element about you that people are like, nah, we don't need to double. Man, this guy, we can we can shut him down. There, there was a little arrogance at times that first run through in the Big East of teams feeling like it, they can handle you. Yeah, I think that played to my advantage a lot. You know, I think you see that a lot. You know, with in, in warm-ups, you can just tell in the pregame warm-ups, you know, guys are kind of looking down at you laughing, like, oh, we got this dude. Like, <laughs> you know, everyone's kind of clapping in your face. Right. like. And I I always use that as motivation. Like it got me so locked in to play the game because I just felt like these dudes think you know they're going to shut us down. They're going to shut me down. And um, I just I love that as as motivation. And right. you know I think that another funny story is just kind of similar to your um, Seton Hall one um, on a different level. The we we're at Villanova, the Rocky game, yep. uh, where it exploded. Uh, we're in pregame warmups and we're at the Wells Fargo Center and. Yeah, there's this little kid sitting on the sideline, um, you know, and, you know, those Philly kids, and they kind of, they say whatever's on their mind to you, you know, and we're, we're going through warm-ups, and, like, none of us could make a shot. Like, this kid was like, miss, miss, oh, like, laughing every single time. And, like, he was just pissing us off, like, yeah. and it, it was just hilarious. And I remember uh, stepping onto that floor when we saw the start of the game, and Rocky hit, like, seven threes in a row. The hen was hitting. He was hitting. I was hitting. And I remember looking over that kid and smiling at him and he was just bawling. He was no! bawling to his mom and uh, like all this stuff. And I was kind of like, I was bullying him maybe a little too oh, much. Oh, but he deserved and, uh, it. Yeah. I, he deserved it, man. He was going at us in warm-ups and I'll never forget that. I went up and talked to him after the game and like gave him like a, I forgot, like a t-shirt or something. But, that that was hilarious. It it, it really kind of got us all going because we were all just like, "Can this kid shut the hell up?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of sparks that night. That was that. You know, I know we've we've said this a million times. Boy, that was a game to remember. I mean, yeah. that that night was one of the most incredible. I, I, I think you guys made your first nine threes. You made fourteen threes in the first half. It was I don't think people I could try to do it justice with the what the vibe in the arena was like, but it was mm-hmm. unbelievable and then Ethan it, there was one trailer three he hit in the first half 
that was literally closer to half court than it was the three-point line. It was just like that game was like a culmination of all you guys' skill sets coming together and exploding to me. For sure, yeah. It's it's just one of those games where, you know, you got to throw it on the highlights at least you know, a couple times a year just no to kind of remember that, that that night actually happened. Like, it's, it doesn't seem like it was real what, what Rocky was doing. And I remember talking to Jay Wright at, like, a USA practice a couple summers ago, and he was, like, still just couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like, he was just, like, still shook over it. And uh, we got a big kick out of that. Um. Senior night, we've talked about this before, but it's good. I mean, senior night, 45 points, Providence, you go over 3,000. You were you were on a mission, right? Like, when the game started, you had, like, a, you were going for the jugular and going for 40. Like, that was on your head, right? It was, you know, and people ask me about that all the time. I honestly, like, I don't remember that night very much. I was so locked in. I was so nervous. I was so nervous the night before because um, everyone's, reminding me how many I need, you know, people are asking me in the media, you know, you need 27, whatever. I'm like, I don't think it's possible. I just, I tried downplaying it as much as I could. And honestly, I was more nervous for my senior night speech after the game because <laughs> I hate public speaking. Yeah. I was like, I was so like locked into the post game festivities, like having to deal with senior night and all this stuff. And I, I kind of blacked out, and I just I remember being as aggressive I could, as, as I could possibly be. And once we got off to that, you know, fast start, I was like, "Dang, this is this is this is going to happen." You know, that night couldn't have gone any better um, for you know, the fans, our team. It was just an unbelievable night. So, unfortunately, I do got to ask about the Baylor game because that's one of the you know in the NCAA tournament. It's one of the most. It was just the one thing I've learned is I've like continue to grow through sports and all that stuff is like you can live with results as long as you play how you're capable of playing like if you play how you're capable of playing Mm -hmm. and you lose that you shake hands whatever it's just that that game it felt like that game was over in the first like three minutes they hit a bunch of threes you guys got flustered with the zone what do you remember about that the Baylor game yeah just so deflating you know I think I don't think you, uh, you know, you, you can practice against zones, but you can't, um, you know, practice against Isaiah Austin and Corey yeah. Jefferson at length. You know, it's once you're out there, it's like, dang, you can't even pass. Like, you got their, their hands are everywhere and their arms are so long. Um, and they kind of just had us battle, you know, because there's a couple of guys scouting in Fort Wise that hadn't shot at the gate on the year from three, and they come out and hit, you know, their first you know, six or seven shots and they're just deflating, you know, and I, I just, it's, you got to tip your cap to them because they play that all the game. And I mean, I just wish we could have right. played some of our basketball that, that they're accustomed to. You know, we just, we never had seen a zone like that with that kind of length. You know, it's, it's different, you know, going against, you know, the scout team for Creighton, yep. um, trying to <laughs> do the Baylor zone and you get out there and it's just, you can't, you can't get anything you, you want. And uh, it, it was just, it was tough, you know. I, I wish uh, I wish we could redo that one, um, but unfortunately, you can. And uh, just the way, it, just the way, um, you know, the at times, and you know, we tried to flush that from our memory and just really embrace in the locker room after the game uh, about the run we went on, you know, the last four years. It's incredible. I two, like two or three things, and we'll let you run, Dougie. Thanks for your time. That uh, no, you're good. Man. The the I mean. 
the special group. I mean, Ethan Rocky, Jahins Maniga, Grant Gibbs, Austin Chapman. You mentioned Gregory, uh, Avery Dingman, Will Artino. Like I'm miss. I mean, even Doc Dorwart. The uh, the you know, I mean, great guy it, behind the scenes. Like, what what do you think clicked for you guys? Like, what made made it work? Because you guys, it wasn't just you and Gibbs that had chemistry. Like all of you guys had it. Absolutely, yeah. It just it was such a good collective group of guys and you know i think um me and gibbs know each other from iowa and um him and ethan being roommates and me and Jahens being roommates and i think that's the beauty of being at a place like creighton you know such a small tight-knit um campus where you're you're hanging out with each other a lot you know we all live really close to each other um everyone got along there wasn't a single guy that came through um the four years i was there that you know we didn't get along with and you know, I think you bring in a guy like Devin Brooks, you know, a guy from, you know, Harlem, New York, and he fits, he fit right in with us. You know, it's one of those deals where our culture just kind of took over and we were able to, you know, bring up guys from different backgrounds, um, you know, to a team that, you know, had a great culture. And, um, I think it starts with, um, Gibbs and I think the walk-ons deserve a lot of credit for, um, how, uh, how the culture was built, you know, with Dora and Ross, and Taylor, mm-hmm. Derek, you know, go down the line. Um, those guys busted their asses every day in practice and uh, made it tough on us. And even guys like uh, Cross, you know, yeah. guys that were there, you know, my freshman year. Um, I mean, our scout team is probably better than our <laughs> our actual team. Yeah. Uh, our freshman year with Croft and Gregory and um, Gibbs and, um, Cody Engel, yep. so many guys that um, went through the program that um, you know don't get a whole lot of recognition, but deserve uh, deserve a lot of uh, um, our success that we had. I think a lot of guys appreciate their head coach more after they're done playing for him. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of human nature. What what's that been like with with your dad? Now that you've kind of been away from him and you've played for a bunch of different coaches, and you can reflect. What do you appreciate or admire about Greg McDermott and his coaching? Um, yeah, just his style. You know, he uh, he really allows his assistant coaches um, to be themselves. And, you know, it, it was just cool just being around, you know, guys like D-Rock and Lutz and, you know, the whole, you know, the whole gang. Just yeah. The way, the, way he, the way he runs the program, um, you know, always has us out in the community, you know, he almost takes basketball second, you know, he's always set us, he always sets stuff up for us to do stuff in the community, go visit a, you know, a sick man or, you know, someone on their last days of their lives or going to visit kids at hospitals. Um, that stuff always came first with him. And, uh, you know, I think, um, that, that just shows how good of a, a man he is. He's still doing it to this day with his teams and guys just love him. You know, he just, he's a great guy to play for. Um, you know, he can be tough at times, but at the end of the day, you know, he's always got your best interests. And, uh, I think, I think the program's still going to take off. I think they're, they're really close to making that, that, that push. And, uh, you know, I could, I don't think there's a better guy that could be leading them, um, than him. Good chat here on this, Dougie. Everybody's got their own story and trail and journey, but were you ever, and maybe even subconsciously influenced by, Guys like Kyle, guys like Tolliver, guys like Nate Funk, who 
were like you in the sense that they weren't highly touted guys that everybody was uh, had a million offers and, and all that when they arrived at Creighton, but they achieved everything they wanted and more at Creighton. Like, Creighton, mm-hmm. like to me, Creighton's kind of made its – when I think of Creighton basketball, a part of it is like they take diamonds in the rough. They take guys that not a lot of people wanted, and those guys come through the program and, and explode. Do you think somewhere in your subconscious that was, like, rooted in there? Absolutely. And that's that's when I you know my freshman year just walking down those halls and seeing the photos of you know Kyle and Sixers jersey and Anthony and um, whatever jersey he was in at the time. Yeah, he's played for uh, every team. Just, yeah. just seeing uh, the the blueprint that they've set and you know following their careers, being a little kid um, in Cedar Falls and watching those teams usually heartbreak. You know <laughs> the Panthers. You know I always <laughs> hated Creighton when I was young because I saw these guys. Um, Nate Funk, you know, Ryan Sears, um, Nick Baugh, yeah, know, right. <laughs> uh, just, uh, <laughs> just, just all these guys, uh, you know, that, that set the blueprint and being from Iowa too, with Nate and, and Kyle yep. and Sears, you know, I think I just felt like it was kind of destiny when I, when I showed up and, um, had a good freshman year. I'm like, I can really, I can really do this. I can play at the next level. Um, you know, if I put my mind to it and, uh, Kyle, you know, made it possible, you know, for all of us. And, uh, someone that obviously we all look up to um as a player but you know more importantly as a person with with everything he's he's done and impacted um the world well doug i mean you need to really really try to go into sponge mode and soak everything up because you have no idea the thrill you provided everyone for four years man is an unbelievable career uh congratulations i've told you a million times it was uh i can't provide a front row seat to all 3,000 points of, of watching you, man. So uh, I, I appreciate nope. you and, and soak it up this weekend, man. Absolutely. Will do, Nick. I really appreciate uh, everything you've done for me and uh, really excited for your future, too, um, as, a, as a broadcaster. And uh, I'm glad we could be a part of, uh, of all this together. Thank you, Dougie. I appreciate you, man. Yep. No problem, Nick. I'll talk to you. See you, Dougie. Thank you.